What was I going to say? You're going to say zebra, banana, percolator, brick, bean, burrito, quiche, eyeglasses, half foreskin, football monkey, armpit, strawberry, light bulb, purple pants, Skittles. No, but I'm curious what that was. <laughs> In high school, I added a word every day for a few weeks. Just to like a thing? Just a thing. Just just a chance. A, an attempt early, to have a random word following chance. another word. I like yeah. it. Proto-chant. Proto-chant chance. Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 289. We call it the long, cold march to 300. That's what we've called it for a long time now. It's winter out there, folks. 289 issues. And we can't wait to talk about the changing of the seasons with you, the changing of the way that our bodies digest and hold food, and also how our bodies are adjusting to the temperature here in Bellingham. That's right, where we run a comic shop called The Comics Place. It's the premier pop culture hub of the entire Pacific Northwest. <laughs> what, good what? buddies who what what about it as often as we can. What? I'm what? Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. What? Huh? And, Is Roman uh, more bass than usual? He's a bassy boy, isn't he? Did you hear that? He's, he's the Count. There Count Basie. Count Basie. Yeah. Count Basie Statler. I love him for that. I love him for, his for bass. that. Yeah, he's all about that bass. No treble. Yeah. Nothing up top. No brain. Just a big old rumptious. <laughs> just a big I old... I like his personality, but, you know, whatever. Dang, I really got backed into the corner of being the, uh, <laughs> the cold one there, didn't I? <laughs> I didn't mean to. But again, long, cold march to 300. That's what it is. It's like we're a bunch of Russian soldiers in the Cold War trying to get to that last nuclear weapon depot so that we can launch them in America. America. Is that a, that's a, that camp, 300's not in March, is it? No. America. Who knows? It's 11 weeks from now. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. It's probably like right around New Year's, honestly. So we skipped last week. But yes. do we number last week? No, 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 no. We have an email okay. from Will. It's 289 that he sent us last week. Okay. So this is just like, like oh. we're like evergreen content, synergy. Nobody needs to know we were late. Action okay. items. Got Deuteronomy. Um, 100%. 100% what you're saying. Hey, thanks everyone for hanging out with us last week while we were not here. Uh, Django and Colette and I went to Portland for several days during our normal Oregon. Yeah, Portland, Oregon, not Maine. <laughs> no, it was much more expensive to do that. Um, and 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 then we got back, and I promptly went to Seattle to watch the Seahawks and Miss Jones play the Arizona Cardinals, and we won. And I know you're excited about that, but that's not why we're here. Why we're here is to talk about comic books, and leading us into that discussion is going to be our good friend, Mr. William William Wilmer. Hello, and happy episode 289. 289 guys that means 11 weeks until you hit the big 300 episode 300 long cold um, march if you do yep. the math on that let's march. just say you don't skip any weeks well, we already now did and the end of the yeah. year you would hit episode 300 basically right before new year's i think it's safe to assume you probably will skip some weeks probably thanksgiving no. and maybe even, like, the last two weeks of the year um, we would which never. maybe we put episode 300 in mid to late January. Maybe it's a good time to, you know, start 
uh, asking for requests on what people want to see out of a 300th episode. Oh, that's, we that's, do what we want, Will. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I hope you guys are having an awesome time in Portland. Um, I was wondering Last if you could past. share with us a little bit about your comic shop um, oh. explorations down there. What's something cool you've seen? What's the most Portland thing that has happened to you guys while you've been in Portland? Look forward to hearing from you guys. Love you. Talk to you soon. Um, he did not do his normal sign out, which is... Uh, I, forget. I will. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> That's what he signs every email and everything. But I know it's like, love you guys. Turn up or like... Turn, anyway, Will's gonna be bummed. That I can't remember it. He has a shirt that even says it. Um, <laughs> he said it forty episodes in a row. <laughs> yeah, and it's from something. Anyway, um, that's a great question. Roman hasn't even asked me about my Portland trip. Although to be fair, I haven't seen Roman for more than like a half hour in yeah. like three weeks, um, which is true of much of the things in my life. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty behind on my comics, although I stocked up on this week's behind. comics. <laughs> like butt, <laughs> like a butt. Yeah, <laughs> Roman, all about that base. No brains. Um, <clears throat> Django, I have an idea for like one of the most Portland things that happened while we were doing things. If you want to give a shop rundown after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to hear it. I, I, I had a thought. I had an immediate thought also, and I'm curious what yours is. Oh, mine's not yours, but is yours the mic one? The mic one. Oh, God, that was hilarious. Uh, no. Okay. You so the, tell them about that, too. I don't even remember fully exactly what happened, but um, I'll tell them after you tell us. Okay. I'll, well, so we went to a good number of comic shops a lot. Uh, Django has, well, actually, as with most things in our life together, Django has a larger gas tank than I do. I think something about being a big, strong daddy gives you a big... Uh, gas tank so he's able it's to go this belly it all turns to dick at midnight but Ew, uh, during the day hoping, it's gas i was hoping you were gonna do it as a different thing other than dick but you stuck right with your bit um, <laughs> but so we went to a good number of comic shops and um and one of them is a place called excalibur comics which is a very very cool comic shop definitely specializes it's like a giant uh it's i don't know it's probably roughly twice the space of our downstairs floor or kind of like the main area if you shave some stuff off um but it's just a giant sort of two room rectangle and like the entire center is just lined with lined and lined with boxes and tables and boxes of really well organized and labeled back issues like comically well organized yeah yeah probably a pun intended um and then (laughs) all of the perimeter of the store is uh entirely alphabetical graphic novels and hardcovers. It's a really interesting store and very straightforward, but we were walking around in there and Colette turns around at one point and she's like, I I think that's David Mack. (laughs) And we turn around and I was like, yeah, that's David Mack. And he was just walking around with a backpack, looking at back issues and no one recognized him. And he was just hanging out. I was like, Oh yeah. If you live in a shop where there are comic creators, they just come in and out. They're not like a thing you need to like organize or work really hard to meet. Like if you're in Portland and you're at a comic shop, you're probably going to run into one of the 50 incredible A-list creators that lives there. Um, and that was, that was just a fun little, little thing. And then we like heard him talk to the owner. He's like, Hey, my name's David. Um, I do comic art. I just was in the area and I wanted to say hi. And it was like, you sweet. <laughs> kind little man who <laughs> looks way younger and hipper than somebody who does that much like spiritual watercolor art but and i don't think he even lives there i think he was there for that marvel exhibit of oh. original art that we were talking about going to i bet he had art in it yeah yeah which is super cool yeah. the thing that jeff was talking about a minute ago was uh we were walking down to uh to downtown and jeff said something like 
oh yeah, that's my butthole. And this guy who was riding by on a bicycle said, hey, that's me. I'm Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he had heard the word butthole and thought that Jeff had said his name. Yeah. Was, like as he zoomed by, he was taking credit for being named butthole and Michael at the same time. <laughs> Cats out of the bags, everyone. Um, when we're not podcasting, I do talk about butthole. Um, it's not just Django. Um, but Django, I mean, coolest, like what was your co- favorite comic shop thing to have seen while we were there? And we went to so many shops. Um, we did. And know, we it's, didn't it's... go to things from another world or mm-hmm. even talk about it. Yeah. And we didn't get, we didn't make it to um, floating world. Like there, there were a handful of shops that I would have loved to see, but we talked we, you know, about floating we, we world, went to like though. eight or nine stores. We did. But Sean was know? like, did you go to TFA? And I was like, I am amazed Forgot that, that, that never exist. even came up. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, it was yeah, but yeah, what was your what was your jam on toast? I mean, I I every store we went to had something that that I think we took away from it, whether it was like like uh, stole, like items that we stole. Yeah, items that we stole or like ideas that were inspirational or ideas that were negative inspirational. You or know, straight like, theft. Or straight theft. Yeah. Um I, I think you know, books with pictures is always really fun to see what uh, what Katie's got going on. One of the stores that I think I I took the most from, and I think probably all of us took the most from, was Comics Adventure, uh, Bruce Tree's shop in Milwaukee, Oregon. And he just, I think he's had the store for six or seven years, and he's still hungry and innovating in a way that that a lot of shops that have been around for a long time aren't. And oh my god, just so many things that we walked We're out old. of that place from. We're yeah, an old shop. We've been doing this yeah. for almost a decade together, big brother. We got ruts, Jeff. We, we got, got ruts. Ruts so strong, <laughs> the wind doesn't even cause our big, tall branches to fall over. We got such strong roots. The storm yeah. can't untether our boat. Wait, that's a different metaphor. And, you know, Future Dreams is always beautiful to visit. Yeah, also, huge, huge shout out to Cosmic Monkey, which oh, yeah. is, I think, across the board, our favorite shop in town. I mean, I think if you walked into Cosmic Monkey... As a customer of our store, you would see kind of what we were inspired by when we were putting together the new shop. I think that that had that informed us the most and um, informed me the most anyway, when we were when we were trying to come up with how to ideas make that we stole. But if you went to Cosmic Monkey before we got there and then came to us at our store, uh, you would also notice not only ideas that we stole, but a lot of physical items that we stole right out from under his so nose and are many. trying to sell at our store for a profit. So many yeah. like Every a single lot. copy, every single copy of uh, Monsters the Six volume Gun three. Volume Three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that those were our dumb. Um, hey Roman, what did you get up to while we were gone? Did you get any? Did you... <laughs> Sorry, that's not an appropriate question to ask somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that. This is a family podcast. Um, yeah, I know, right? That, this is definitely that a ship family. sailed two hundred. This is a not safe for work ago. podcast because we gave up on 180 episodes ago. Also, we're going to spoil some <laughs> comics, and you're going to want to look at the show notes for that because we're not going to tell you what we're reading beforehand. We're not even going to tell each other. But when no. Roman was here and we were in huh? Portland, brief editor's note: I had to cut this section. So just imagine what was said in this bleeped section, and then we'll just move forward. All right, friends. All right, we're moving forward. Uh, you know, I can run, launch right into Flash 787. Yeah, cool. Let's talk about... So everyone, hey, man. listen. This week, uh, we're not talking to each other about what we're reading beforehand. If you're worried about spoilers, you can check the show notes because our wonderful host uh, and, and editor, Andrew, uh, will make sure that they're all listed there with timestamps so you can jump around. But we're, we and don't know. And he'll take that thing about Roman's out too, right? Yeah. 
Probably the okay. thing itself, but not that moment right there. So Flash, 787, <laughs> is that the number? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking now. It's clobber in time. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, 787. Wow. A random issue. I haven't read the Flash in quite a while, but I picked this up because it's got I don't know why, and I, I don't object at all, but there's a lot of pro wrestling stuff going on. Oh. Comics and this was a pro wrestling cover. The Flash is like looking at the reader, begging somebody to tag in because like, he's about to get flattened by a guy that looks kind of like Randy Savage, Ooh. Hulk Hogan, except he's purple. Hey, how did Django miss that? He's been kind of reading a lot of wrestling comics anymore. I, I am a wrestling guy. Um, yeah. Between the Crimson you know, I... Cage and Over the Ropes and Crimson um... Cage. And hell is the squared circle. Like you, you're a you're do a, a power bomb. Do a power bomb. Um, it's because I haven't read a flash year, a flash comic in since like issue four of Rebirth. Okay, okay. So then the rule for me. So then, Roman, what was it like dropping in on a flash issue? It was fun. You know, it starts off with Wally West hanging out with his kids, and they're watching TV, and this thing wrestling across the universe. Wham! comes on the air and it's an it's another one of those intergalactic uh, wrestling shows the hook with this one is they um randomly pick worlds to to teleport their wrestlers down onto who then start just throwing each other around wrestling <laughs> in the middle in the middle of a city yeah no ring they're just throwing each other through buildings and stuff <laughs> and uh and the purple looking dude is 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 oh where's his name it's omega bam Omega Bam Man. Ooh, I don't I, mind that. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and, he, and he's fighting uh, Commander Pow Tower. Who wrote and, and did the art? Uh, you know, I've been looking for the, because, you know, as we know, DC like puts their credits page like on ish, page yeah. fif- 15 of yeah. every issue or something. Yeah, they hide um, it. Oh, like a actually, Waldo. Yeah, whoa, it's actually on page two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Adams is the writer. Okay, so it's definitely changed creative teams then. Yeah, yeah and Fernando... Uh, Passarin, Passarin mm-hmm. is the penciler whose whose artwork is pretty good. It's very it's very detailed. It's a little George Prez influence. Looks like um, fun art, really cool. Matt Ryan is the inker. Colorist is really good. Jeremy Cox, hmm. and, and it's just it was, a fun issue. The Flash ends up he's watching this and he realized one of his kids actually points out because he's like tired and not really awake. And one of his kids points out that it's uh, isn't that downtown our city downtown <laughs> and flat and Wally's like, Oh crap. And he takes off and goes down there and tries to bust up this, this wrestling destruction. And so of course the uh, management is like, who's this new wrestler. Let's get him in the tag team and him and Omega Bam man <laughs> have to then start wrestling all these other guys that keep teleporting down. Is it a one and done or is it like an arc? No, it's, it's kind of just a one and done. It sounds like a them. terrible arc. Yeah. All Good for flat, them. All wrestling. Awesome issue. One of the fun things, one of the wrestlers who randomly shows up is um, a guy I haven't seen in a long time, Maul, who used to be in one of those Wildstorm t- teams. I forget what team he was on, but the big green guy with the like purple shoulders and oh yeah, orange spikes on his back. It was Wildcats, right? I've, I've got a Jim Lee image of him in my head. Yeah, was it Wildcats? I don't know. But or, yeah. or Gen 13, maybe. He's a wrestler here. I don't, I don't think it was Gen 13. Wildcat sounds right. But yeah, that's so just did, a, but it's Wildcats because it's probably back at DC. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Jeremy Adams take the opportunity to have the wrestlers like fight their way into like a folding chair factory or a mm. barbed wire factory or anything? Yeah, that's a good question. No, but they just they've just got that stuff like 
oh. around at some unless i'm thinking of it's like some the fucking wrestling. elmer fudge shit unless i'm thinking about wrestling that i was unless i'm thinking night. about the wrestling the comic <laughs> i read last week what was that um do I, a powerbomb oh yeah yeah do a powerbombs last week and that big tabloid side magazine one actually i guess this ago, one they yeah. don't have any uh any any um folding chairs wrapped in barbed wire or anything like that but they're using like cars and things <laughs> Those are all superpower Guys, what wrestlers. If, what if comics just turn into wrestling stories? I mean, what's the difference? Man? Awesome. That's fine. It's fine for a minute, but as soon as like <laughs> that Texas blood turns into a wrestling comic, I'm going to have a hard time taking it seriously. Love well, yeah, not, not every comic. Yeah. <laughs> At one point it shows at some intergalactic bar somewhere, Lobo and, and I don't even know there's a, there's a woman, but she's in a booster gold costume. I don't know who Ooh. she is, but they're betting and drinking, watching flash and we'll make a band man. And... Gold. I, was, I couldn't <laughs> think one. I was thinking of Barbara gold. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then what do you give this thing? I gave it an eight. Cause it was just really fun. Hell yeah. Listen, I'm already loving the direction that we're taking with this podcast. Hey, Django. What Jeff? Can I tell you about something I read and I'm curious if you read it, please do. Batman the Night, number 10 of 10. Oh, Ooh. I did read that. Hang on. Romans, read that? To the very I, I bottom read that of one my too. stack. Yeah, I read that. Um, did you guys like it? it? What, are you asking for spoilers on our scores? I thought we spoiled the books, not the scores. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> it's, got, it's, got, it's got a bat crashing through the cover. Well, that's a year one reference. It yeah. is. He's not wrong. Um, <laughs> and there were some year one references in the issue itself. You know, I think it's actually a Detective Comics 27 reference. Ooh. <laughs> There's some year one references though in it. <laughs> it's an Ouroboros motherfucker. I Ooh. here's here's my notes for it. Okay. Huh. Okay. <laughs> so can I? That's sort of how I. So I really liked this series and I really liked this issue. But last issue because I read nine and ten together yesterday. Um, this guy he's been traveling around with the whole time is Ghostmaker and that sucks. Wait, that what? Super sucks. Yeah, it fucking that, that, sucks. That's who his guy is. His yeah. ex friend that he fights. Yeah, that's a oh, stupid the mask tension. he puts on at the end. Oh, see, I didn't read all that run to introduce Ghostmaker, so it's, I didn't. Re I didn't recognize the mask. Yeah. In in issue nine, I was reading it. And I was like, that mask looks like Ghostmaker. If this is all Ghost, so I googled it and I was like, Ghostmaker, and it had his name. And like, and then when it they said it at the end of issue nine, his actual name, not Anton. I was like, God. Dang it. So <laughs> this I, I was loving this series and I loved like the character work that they did with that Anton character. Um, and I was hoping he was going to come into play in a big way in Chip Starcy's run on Batman that he's doing right now. But it, it, it all just sort of further legitimized this Jimmy TIV character that I have no interest in. And I guess the good side of it is that I do care about that character more now. Yep. But but also it's just well, like, OK, so that character's not going to go away. Like, OK, also. From the beginning, this felt like it was in an alternate timeline, right? Like we've seen enough things in this to indicate that either they have completely retconned the DC universe mm -hmm. or this is out of continuity, which doesn't really make Ghostmaker's appearance more fun for me, but it does mean that it's not tying into the Jimmy TIV, maybe legitimizing it by making him a character in even alternate universes, but... Um, like this is not how Bruce meets Rasha Ghoul. Rash Rush Rusha Ghoul. Yeah, they do some pretty large retconning of that. It's particularly in this issue. I have enjoyed considering it the lost years of Bruce, like when he is 
traveling around. Like I, I'm kind of holding mm-hmm. it in my head in, in canon. And to me, it doesn't feel like, you know, it feels like that classic comic booking of like, yeah, he's at Raj's place and he gets in his way and he kind of, you know, ruins some shit after finding out his terrorist. Like it, it, it's like the beats, but with an entirely different dressing of it. Like they could, yeah. you know, like Talia and Bruce kiss. Like we could assume maybe they had sex. Uh, who like knows? Hugh, Hugo Strange in the first issue that, is exactly. misplaced and, and kind of set us up for out of continuity, yeah. I think. Yeah, I've just been enjoying considering it the incontinuity thing. I like, remembered a comic from 10 months ago, Jeffrey, just now. I don't know if you noticed. I was impressed, dude. I was impressed. First I was, time ever. It was good. <laughs> but like he's talking about glorious deaths in here and then he like flies yep. into Gotham kind of like the beginning of year one. Yep, um, and the glorious and, death is is like uh, Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, like, I always, as actually, we all know, I always think of that as just year one, um, which is not right. <laughs> and then one thing like, I was just set up to like this issue for a variety of reasons. One, I hadn't really read many comics in the last two weeks, so I was uh, starving. Um, but the first page is good. Like it's Bruce talking about losing his mom and kind of the main thing that he remembers is that like he didn't say I love you back as she was dying Mm -hmm. or dying words where I love you. And I was like, that is absolutely how my brain works of like you just find this one shortcoming you perceive in yourself and dwell on it as to like how you were the disappointment in that moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was really poignant and pretty emotional and kind of heartbreaking. And I thought that was a really great you know, Chip is so, so good at that. Um, it was a really great instance of just finding one thing and really dialing it up. I think you and Chip would be good buddies. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'd be able to tolerate each other, but we might be good buddies. That I didn't say that at all. I just said, I think you'd be good buddies. Oh, I mean, you know, I don't like people <laughs> like me. <laughs> I So I thought this was a good issue. I thought that it made the entire lead up to this issue feel stupid to me. Like having... Ross's plan in this issue be foiled by Bruce, this being the last issue of the story, makes it seem like that was the entire point of the comic, right? Like, so everything in Bruce's life has been leading up to this adventure that he has before he becomes Batman. And I I would have rather seen more kind of mundane training than to see him take out Ross's plan Mm-hmm. in here and maybe I, I just have maybe a, a chip on my shoulder about Ross Agul because I don't I, I don't love him as a, an enemy of Batman's but it it just seemed like no planning he, he like kind of stumbled into this plot mm-hmm. to kill a bunch of people and then stumbled into finding out the secret of it and then started planning and took it out like none of it was premeditated by bruce he he lucked into this whole situation and it smacked of the fourth indiana jones movie where indy doesn't solve any puzzles or mysteries he's following his friend who already solved all this and Hmm. it it kind of took it, it defanged bruce as a badass to me and Maybe I was in a bad mood and you could talk me out of that stance, but I, I liked this series a whole lot more than I liked this issue. Roman, what did you think about this? I, that kind of sums it up for me, that last sentence Django said. I, I liked the series more than I did this final issue. I mean, the la- though, having said that, the last page of this issue I love. Um, and yeah, this I'm, I'm reconsidering it all now because I just because I didn't know that Anton was Ghostmaker and that kind of puts a puts a kind of puts a pal a pallor on it that i didn't have before i was like oh dang because yeah i was considering this kind of 
alternate take of of his wandering years um it's funny too with the the just the martial arts in here it's a little aside there's an animated movie called batman's soul of the dragon i think that's about the um some of his training in the years before he was batman and getting together with some of those people again but it's mostly bruce wayne teamed up with his people like richard dragon and stuff and doing martial arts cool 70s kung fu kung fu action great movie um (laughs) (laughs) great ending too um Man, it, yeah, it changes it all. I had no idea this was Ghostmaker. Yeah, this it was an okay issue. Um, again, it was seven point five, um, which most of the series I gave higher than that. I think. Yeah, I loved it. Um, even in spite of like the Ghostmaker stuff, my one thought, I kind of, kind of, I think, is a little bit like what you're saying, Django. Very different as well. But if this was the end, it felt like the middle was a little bit longer than it needed to be. Is sort of how mm-hmm. I felt. Like it maybe felt a little yeah. bloated in the middle if there was so much of it came about this. Don't really have any complaints about like you know him stumbling into this or whatever. Like I, I liked that basically throughout all of this, he was kind of moving from trainer to trainer and getting into missions and stuff while he was there um i loved like when he does fight Roz on the in this and he's like hanging upside down and is like outfit because yeah. he was like in this cave in the dark um yeah i liked a lot of questions it posed I like the idea of you know like did Roz almost get killed here is this the first time he, no it wouldn't be the first time he entered the lazarus pit but does he enter the lazarus pit here you know in the city um I just I really like the him returning home stuff. And I love the final page as well. I love Alfred. Like, I, uh, yeah, I I really, really like it. But I also don't have any kind of sense of what I think should or shouldn't have happened in that era of Bruce's life. And um, so it was just kind of fun to explore it to me. And I, I guess I've been waiting for kind of some sense of canon for that. And even though this does, like I was thinking about the, how this changes the Ra's al Ghul stuff of the original, <clears throat> or was this trying to kind of like reframe that event, like just kind of move some pieces around, but kind of essentially get the same thing done. And it made me think about the nature of retcons while reading it, which I thought was interesting. And um, yeah, uh, I gave it a 10 boys nice. uh, but i did read nine and ten back to back and really enjoyed that and it just made me really really like this series i also love the art um and the fact that he can do this art pretty quickly like this was stayed a monthly book and he just started having an, another book come out um is is impressive because I, I like it yeah i was i think it was this book that i i kept looking at the art and thinking man it was this or, or another one with an italian artist this week that i really like i was like if somebody showed me this panel would i recognize this artist Mm. um and these like both of these guys it's it's di Domenico and oh who's the other there's somebody else oh it was uh kevin coley did the yeah. penguin book this week yeah and both of them have kind of a similar look but but very distinct uh, i gave this to seven um and i like the series a lot more than that looking at it again the ending i think contradicts your one uh, yeah, yeah like it's personal like, like he didn't Alfred. find the cave until he decided to be batman for example right and 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 i don't feel like he had a big reunion with alfred at the beginning of that did no. he like yeah no no um but like that said i think issue one of year one which is i think when he goes out dressed as a like dressed in the watch cap and and the mm-hmm. scar and everything i would have liked to see that be the final iteration of what he's learned rather than this Ra's al Ghul stuff. Like mm-hmm. if there was one more issue in here and we saw him applying these things that he learned in the city that he went out to learn for, um, I think that would have that would have felt more like a full circle to me. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's great. Like, I think this is going to be an amazing trade paperback for people. That's what I was thinking as well, is I think that this is going to be a great thing to be able to get in people's hands because it does, it covers, you know, I think the nitpicks of the three of us, some of them that we could have about it is that it doesn't gel necessarily exactly with how things have gone or our understandings of things. Um, and people who don't have a pre-existing sense of the history uh, might really love like this kind of an explanation um yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I would say yeah anyway jay what uh what do you got what do you what's you want bring me an offering what do you got Man, bring me an offering it's i got i gotta ask you guys this please do i got two i got two choices here and i don't want to talk about something that neither of you read did either of you read rogues number four no no all right let's talk about flashpoint beyond number six. Oh, that came out this week also yeah. Oh, I brought um, mine back and we sold out. And I, I thought there was another thing I'd read. Uh, I'm, I missed that one. Okay. What about True Colt? Did you guys talk? Did you guys read True <laughs> Colt number three? No, dude. I think, I think we should talk about Rogues, dude. I, I think the point of this okay, exercise yeah, is not to, to not talk about things. Like that was that the final issue of it because it was also pretty delayed, right? Uh, I think it was just an issue longer than any of us thought. Maybe, okay. maybe a couple weeks delayed, but okay. it didn't. I don't think it was super behind. It's book four, which is the first of these oversized um, black label books, I think, other than the Harley ones that were more than three issues. Four is a weird number of issues to do a story in, I think. Hmm. Because we usually get like act one, two, three, and this was broken up in a weird way. This is basically just the final battle and attempted escape scene. And spoiler alert, by the end, pretty much everybody's dead. Oh like, yeah. Snart steals a baby Ooh. and threatens to kill Gorilla Grodd's baby. I love Snart. Which yeah. If if you steal Gorilla Grodd's baby, you're probably not gonna make it to the end of the issue. And he oh. doesn't. Oh, snarted. But before that happens, he does things like uses his freeze gun to freeze Gorilla Grodd's hand. Okay. And then Grodd uses that frozen hand to punch him. Okay. At the cost of his shattered to little icicle bits hand, because he's so pissed off. Like it's it's got ultra violence. It's got like nobody gets out alive. It like the, the whole thing always felt like a Quentin Tarantino movie. But in Quentin Tarantino movies, you're usually kind of rooting for the bad guys. And I think that by the end of the third issue, you sort of stopped rooting for them. And by the end of this issue, you're just like, fuck, these guys should just die. They all kind of suck. And uh I, I think that this is a really, really well done kind of uh, fatalistic crime caper in the DC universe. I um, did really like issue one and two. I, I think just yeah. enough time goes on between those black label issues that mm -hmm. I either forget enough or feel like I missed an issue or something. It's just yeah. long enough that I drop off often. Yeah. And and I've kept up with it be, because of those initial feelings. I, I have dropped off of some of these magazine size books because they are a, a longer read. Um, but this is, yeah, I hi highly recommended uh, Rogues number one, two, three, and this one four. And this was the uh, last issue. I, yeah, this was okay. the last issue. I gave everything scores. Like you asked us before the show to write down our scores. And not only did I write down my scores, I also wrote down uh, sound effects to go with each one. So nice. my sound effect for this one is, mm, and uh, my score is eight and a half. Can I get the Good sound comment. effect one more time? Mm. Okay. How do you spell that? It's uh, M M M and then an up arrow. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And I don't think that's actually the sound that I meant to write down, but interpreting my notes, that's as close as I can get at this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roman, what's on your mind? 
Because I got one I'm excited to talk about that I think that you read that I don't know. Yeah. If read. yeah. Well, now I want to know what that is. Did either of you read Miracle Man: The Silver Age number one? No, that was um, Miracle Man number twenty-three. Yeah, because wasn't that a reprint issue? It was a reprint issue. Recolored too. I think I read it. Looks it. recolored. Wow. Th- okay, that's a bummer. I, I didn't read it this time. I think I read it back when it first okay. came out. <laughs> well, I had some. Okay. Well, so then. Let's so why decide. don't you guys talk about it? Well, Neil Gaiman, Mark <laughs> Buckingham. I had some confusion going into this because I remembered like when they got the license back to do Miracle Man without Alan Moore's name on it, like seven years ago. It would have been at the old store. Is when it would have started. Yeah. Um, I read polybagged, those. shrunk down. Yeah, polybagged because of yeah. the birth issue. Um, and then they finished the more run and started the game and run. And I couldn't remember if this was one of the issues that came out in that game and run because even still, those were reprints seven years ago from a thing that had happened twenty years ago or whatever. And but I did start reading those game and issues. So then I started this one and it wasn't the game and issues that I had read, even though this did say one. So then I forgot that there's miracle man, the golden age, which is game and Buckingham. And they did print all of that seven years ago. And so, it, so anyway, I had met, missed the end of the golden age. I read the beginning of it. So I start I, anyway, started this Roman. Do you remember anything about this from back in the day? We all talk about the original Miracle Man, but I don't really hear the Neil Gaiman one discussed much. Right, right. And and I don't. And that's why I want to I want to reread everything Miracle Man up to the Well, not everything, not the 50s stuff. Right. I want to read everything more on until now. Is that only more on? No, more. <laughs> um, no, I got what you said. Yeah, they they are printing an omnibus of that whole run, and we ordered a bunch of them. And I was hoping it was going to come out before this came out because I yeah. really want to reread it all as well. It comes out tomorrow, read, uh, this week. Nice. I yeah. had never read. I never read like the very end of the more stuff. Like I read, you know, all the big hits and stuff, but not the. So very, I'm very- I'm looking at what was published. Yeah. And it looks like the original Miracle Man stories were 24 issues from Eclipse. This okay. is Legacy issue 23, which I think kicks off or is the issue after the, the kickoff of Neil Gaiman's story. Yeah, we got the paperback of the Golden Age in this yeah. week. So I actually flipped through it a couple hours ago at the shop. And that was okay. what I had remembered reading. Um nice. But it was, also had a bunch of different art and different stories in it. So I'm not sure all of what it was. So all that to say, this is the beginning of the Silver Age. It is basically bringing young Miracle Man back. We all know what happened with Kid Miracle Man and the Moore stories. And if you don't, you should not read this and you should go read the Moore stories because it is some of the best. I, I was telling Ashton, I think it's my favorite Alan Moore comic, which is a crazy nice. thing to say, but I do think it's my favorite of all of them. Um, and yeah, I don't really understand the framing device of this quite yet, but the bulk of this issue is just kind of like Miracle Man. They revive young Miracle Man who died before the original series started. And it's him telling him basically everything that happened. And it is awesome. And young Miracle Man like talks and like always refers to Miracle Man as MM. And like, they're doing this kind of genre thing, you know, like of the era. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just made me really excited to read more of this. I thought it was very good. If even if I don't understand the full extent of the bat or the framing device of it, there is a lot of pages of back matter, like art and sketches and stuff. Uh, probably, probably twelve pages of it, and this is a four ninety nine wow. comic. I think that they should have not put that in there and just made this a three ninety nine comic. Um, like it's, <laughs> it's just like really. <clears throat> unnecessary i would say but um are, are you sure it's 12 and not 11 because if it's 11 pages of back matter then they then were they, forced to yeah, do yeah, another yeah. dozen pages yeah I'll, I mean, 
Printing bindery problems. <laughs> it is 19 pages and then an ad for the omnibus. So 20 unnecessary pages in there, which wow. is cool if Mark Buckingham's your favorite artist, but I think he particularly because of the recoloring in here is the, maybe the weakest part of the thing. But I gave it an eight. I'm very excited. And uh, I'm sorry, Roman, to have taken your spot. I was I no, you're no, my that's... you're my miracle man guy. No, that's cool. Did you happen to read uh like well it came out last week, the week you were gone. Did you guys read the um the zero issue? The, the, yeah, the zero issue. I didn't, but I grabbed one. That's that's one of the things that made me really want to reread it, the previous stuff because I read it, but I couldn't remember because it's because it's a framing device by Gaiman and Buckingham, and then it's oh. other stories of other Miracle Man universe characters, most of which I could barely remember who they were, or okay. and I knew I was missing references and things. Okay, just yeah. pretend it's an Astro City issue. It feels a little bit oh, like okay. that at times, but the, <laughs> there's this whole morality putting people on a pet i don't know there's this whole sort of pretentious like i don't know like miracle man's kind of the one percent i don't know there, it, there's a it's it there's it, there's a as a less homey vibe than uh, astro city has for sure so I guess do you think neil gaiman is real like really in touch with pretentiousness is okay. that what you're that that's <laughs> what i'm hearing no it's particularly in the more run but like you know it's like the idea of this guy like says a word to become a superhero and when he becomes the superhero like he doesn't age and he's a different personality. So he's tr he stays in that superhero body more and more. And then like the human version of himself is just getting fat and resents the superhero version because now his wife is in love with the superhero version of him and no longer. It is like a it's a grimy ride. And then some huh. really fucked up stuff happens. <laughs> Jango, if you haven't read it, it's <clears throat> really rad. Sounds like Black Adam, the, mo the movie to me. That <laughs> I didn't think was really rad. But um, <laughs> sorry, Roman. So what's on what's on your docket of rooster bills? Um, a doodle do. Yeah, you do. Um, don't, no, oh, wait, no, no, you don't. <laughs> we don't do cocks anymore. Oh, that's right. Not within, the first five, not within the first five minutes of the podcast, Jango. Now we can do all oh, the gotta, things that we gotta, want. Reel we just, them in and then talk about how my gut turns into dick at midnight. Oh, man. It's so it is so vivid. <laughs> gross um <laughs> i got a lot of gut by the way people. you should see him or try to hurry to his room at an airbnb before midnight because even though it's a <laughs> kind of a quote-unquote complimentary thing that happens he's embarrassed about it and it also clearly like does digestive stuff to him he boasts about it but i think it's probably actually a shortcoming um, there's a lot of a lot of farting and then i limp for a couple of hours yeah yeah he did not well actually colette and i intentionally kind of got him distracted about 11 51 of the nights in portland and <laughs> He uh, he was stuck there at midnight, and wet men. He was stuck there till about two fifteen. So it was good. Anyway, Roman, what do you got? Weighed uh, down by penis. You know, I wonder how come. Did you guys read Deadly Neighborhood Spider Man? Mm. Number one, half of it. I I gave that an I on my score because it was incomplete, and my sound effect was eh. <laughs> that Juan Ferrera art is gorgeous. That's how like I got halfway yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The art's pretty cool, and you know. The writers are uh, B. Earl and Taboo. Um, I, 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 I mean, I enjoyed reading it. I, I think. Um, I just don't know why this exists. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't quite, either. I'm not quite sure if it's in. If this again, like we kind of we were discussing with the Batman book. I'm not sure if this is like an alternate world Spidey somewhere in the Spider Verse, or if this is our Peter. You know, quote unquote, our Peter Parker. Well, so while um, I was reading it, so but when I ordered it, I thought it was like the continuation of like. 
Savage Spider-Man because it was like nonstop Spider-Man became Savage Spider-Man. And I thought like maybe it was becoming deadly neighborhood Spider-Man, but this seemed unrelated entirely. Uh, yeah. See, and I didn't read Savage Spider-Man. Because he's a big spider. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a big spider. Kind of matches, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess so. And the um, I don't know, kind of the the mystical. Mainly, I liked it because there's a big uh, demon bear at the end. Oh, it's It's demon. Is it the demon bear? It is demon bear. Yeah. Well, from the mythology. No, the demon. The demon bear from New Mutants. Well, yeah, but that's from mythology. I thought. No, 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 no. It's a Bill Sienkiewicz no, creation. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's well, it, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's that demon. Chris bear. Claremont, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz which, invented the mythology. Uh, Roman, 100%. what what culture does that myth come from? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, oh, what's her name? That new mutant character, the Archer. Um, Wolfsbane. No, not the other. No, one. Yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the indigenous woman Danny whose name Moonstar. I can't remember. Moonstar. Yeah. Whatever whatever tribe okay. she's part of. So Roman, as a kind of expert on all things Spider-Man, you know, I consider that you're one of the first people I think of when I think about Spider-Man. Oh, thanks. Was this good? Was this an, like a welcome addition to the fleet of Spider-Man books that we're getting right now? Or it was, it was kind of, it was interesting. I'm, I'm curious mainly that what makes it for me is the art, but, um, mm-hmm. and it and shows off Peter's and the bear and, and Peter's uh, brains. Cause he figures out, and I felt all proud of myself because I figured out one thing about it before Peter does in the story. Um, but when the spirals patterns start showing up, I was I, I was thinking, oh, the golden ratio. And at the end of the issue, him and he's talking to a scientist friend and they figure out, oh, wait, the golden ratio, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, I already knew that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's there's a, it's fun. He's down in California and it's always fun seeing Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things and a place that's not that's as native. Yeah. yeah, not as like yeah. a short building town. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There <laughs> was one there was one bad scene where he uh he's walking along um um oh one of those famous parts down there. Um and he and he just it is totally just Peter Parker identity just sends out a web line and snags the back of a bus <laughs> and it's it's he's flying along behind the bus and he gets on top of the bus and changes into his spider suit like in full view of all the traffic and broad daylight i was like what, what are you doing pete God. they don't know him there it's like uh like being naked in a hotel window who gives a that, shit that doesn't matter there's every anybody with a phone is driving by and's like oh look here's spider-man's secret identity <laughs> what was your score for it um, going up and down my list. Where is it? Because I don't, you know, I don't advertise my list. Um, what is this thing called? I gave it a seven. I mean, oh, I'll read yeah. the ne- I'll read the next one. But um, one of the reasons I was interested in uh, trying experimenting with this formula is I just had several random thoughts about random comics I wanted to get up with you guys. And um, sounds like you're asking for a buckshot. No, I'm not because I want it to be more involved than a buckshot. Hey, X Men sixteen this week. Django, didn't you read that it was like maybe X-Men number seven when Hickman was still doing it or like where they like go inside the vault and it's like Lady Wolverine and like sink mm-hmm. and like they experience this huge lifetime because it's accelerated time and then they're like really running like out. Yeah, I remembered you liking it. Yeah. And so they get out of the vault, except she dies getting out or something and the guy yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. die. So they reboot her. And he remembers this lifetime unrequited love. Yeah. Yeah. Because they lived this whole lifetime together and she doesn't remember it at all. I'm a sucker for that shit. Yeah, dude. Well, I wanted to bring this up because in 16, like the previous issue, 
like they created this big barrier around the vault. So the people who are highly evolved inside there think that they've already conquered humanity when they come out of it. They're like brainwashed and studies. But Forge has to go in there because one of the people on that original mission is still stuck in there. It was like Darwin or something or it, mm-hmm. it sink. Anyway, they go in there and what they realize it was not the guy that's still alive in there. It's Lady Wolverine. And she's like the old lady. So they thought <laughs> she had died and rebirthed her. And she's and now there's two of her still alive and she's in the vault. So now there's two of her. Oh, that's fucking cool. One is the old one that will remember the romance. And then one is the young one that was rebooted without ever knowing it. Um, and that was like Did Hickman give somebody his notes, do you think? Or is this something that that, that whoever's writing know. that? I mean, I kind of. of think so, because like his stuff, his whole run was basically just, you know, single little issues starting a story that then he didn't end, you know, yeah. like the plant ladies or that vault issue or, you know, a bunch. But I didn't of get the feeling that his long term plan was to start a bunch of stories and then run away. No, I don't think I, it was. Like, no, like I, I felt like he had a bunch of one shots to write that were going to coalesce. Yeah. And then he was off the books. Yeah. And so, like, do you think that he said, oh, by the way, this is this is kind of where I was going with this? Or do you think who, who's writing it? Gary Jerry. I, I wouldn't put it past him to. Yeah. To, well, Gary Jerry was working with Hickman really closely. He was doing at least yeah. two of the original launch books, and then he's taken over the main X-Men book and been doing some other stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had talked about it or he knew that was the direction, or I wouldn't be surprised if Hickman had planted seeds and just said, do whatever you want, or had passed on his you know story ideas. But either way, I was pumped to see that come back in a certain way. So um, I gave the issue a nine, <sighs> but mostly just because I was excited to talk to you guys about that great reveal. I really, I like every aspect of that. Yeah, it's good. It was well-written. And the art's gorgeous. There was, God, oh, it was the it was the Stephen King book, eleven twenty three sixty two or whatever. The the one about the guy who goes back in time yeah. to, to stop Kennedy from being assassinated. Stop Kennedy from being assassinated, and he goes back in time and lives a long time and establishes a relationship with this woman, and then has to reboot and go back in time at the same spot. And he gets back and has a hard time starting that relationship again because the thing that turned her on about him was like this ethereal spark that they had and not something that he could recreate knowing her. Time travel uh, is impossible because the time traveler has changed. You can never go back in time because you've already experienced the thing that made that a novel experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I'm gonna stop worrying about my hair. Yeah, it seems like you stopped a long time. Everything. Like um can't you can't try time travel with hair. No, time you can't and you don't take it with you when you die either. Um, Jango, what's uh, what's something on your docket? Man, I realized the other day that uh, the reason I have this ridiculous hair is because of the character in the shadow, Twitchkowitz, who becomes the inoculator. Inoculator. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about, really, to you guys... Um, man, oh, we never I'm, talked I'm, about that, was there? Huh? Flashpoint? Flashpoint? We never, yeah, we never talked about that. It was fucking good. It was great, yeah. Did you bring that up yeah. earlier and then Roman hadn't read it? Yeah, Roman didn't read it and you brought it at home. Um, but just... Real quick, I thought that it was a great wrap up to uh, kind of a weird journey. Uh, it never really felt like like Jeff Johns was in charge of what the story that he had to tell. Um, but I think that this last issue really brought things together really well. Yeah, um, I, I loved it. I totally agree. And the the Bubastis and uh, nostalgia perfume and. Dr. Manhattan stuff at the end was really interesting, but that's not what I really wanted to talk about just now. Um, I wanted to talk about alpha betas. Did you guys read alpha betas? I did. Kyle Starks, Michael Calero, Trevor Richardson. Yeah. I almost didn't read it. Do you know why? Because it looked like poo trash. 
It looks like Rick and Morty. Yeah, it does. It looks like Rick and Morty drawn by or written by Schmalky. Yeah, but it's written by Kyle Starks, who I trust. Yeah. I almost trust Kyle Starks enough to read his Rick and Morty comics, which to be clear, I have not done (laughs) and I do not plan to do. Mm -hmm. But I like this guy so much that I read this thing that looks like like a Rick and Morty ripoff. I thought it was pretty good. Like, I don't think it's great, but... I think that the jokes are really funny and I think that the like the setup and the twist are pretty solid. Uh I I think everybody who listens to this podcast every single week with like both of you know that I don't really like sort of dreamscape video game situations but um I thought that they they pulled this off and there were some pretty funny jokes and as stupid as the uh shoot him in the butt joke is I thought that it worked really well on the setup pages and then I think it worked really well on the payoff pages. Uh, when they shoot somebody different in the butt and uh yeah i i don't know i i don't know the word to go with this it's not really charmed but it it pulled me in and and i enjoyed it and uh my my notes before i give you a score my notes are yeah (laughs) yeah 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 i i I know that django sound yeah i think that's accurate it's amusing The, the the whole way through like it I stopped reading two comics this week and this wasn't one of them, which was kind of surprising. <laughs> you want to tell everybody a little bit about this publisher? It's the first book from this publisher. Yeah. It's the first, first full book from what not publishing. What not is like a, a collectibles focused eBay thing. Like they're going up against eBay and uh, I haven't heard a lot of great things about the, their pricing structure and like other retailers who have sold through it. I haven't seen super positive experiences. It's kind of weird that they're publishing comics. I agree. Um, but you know, if if you have the money to bring in good creators, if nothing else, Aftershock has shown us that that can start a company and uh, and keep a company going if you can bring solid creators on. And Kyle Starks is a pretty freaking solid creator to start your publishing pit with. Yeah, he he is. He's a he's a. I feel like he's a more quality creator than publishers realize. Like, yeah. I don't feel like Marvel and DC and Image have given him quite the respect that he deserves quite yet. Although I think he's just kind of getting there with like assassination and fuck this place. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even that that very first uh, Rock Candy Mountain was the first time he was on our radar, I think. Yep. Yeah. And that was like a fully formed creator doing some of the most hilarious bits I've seen. I think that's my favorite of his still. Yeah. What do you think? What's your favorite? I don't know. Old Head was really, really solid. It was a little short, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I really want to pick favorites. I just like okay. the stuff that he does. I, yeah. I'm always, always entertained by it. And no, I'm not gonna fucking read Rick and Morty, Jeff. I told you already. I was just I curious. like him a lot, but I'm not gonna read his Rick and Morty. I comics. was just curious of the trilogy, sort of assassination, fuck this place, and uh, oh, old, man, you know, Earth and uh, so and the. Yeah, red rock candy. Anyway, sorry, Roman. Uh, where 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 are you at in the world? I gave it what was seven point five. I gave it a six point oh. Um, nice. Yeah, I didn't think it was a bad comic at all, but it did remind me of why I avoid playing video games online because these people are scary to me, and that you don't like butt jokes as much as I do. I mean, I love a butt joke. God, yeah, but we're I we're love, good friends. Dude. I love a butt joke. If you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, Roman, what's on your? What do you got? What do you? What are you slipping in places? Tell us about your butts. <laughs> well, bummer. I read that one shot of Butt Man one one butt day. Penguin oh, number one. Go on. Um, by John Ridley. It's the latest, the, what, the third issue in the One Bad Day um, 
loosely connected bat specials. Yep. Uh, I like this one better than the previous one. We all love the Tom King, the first one. Um, You're broken if you don't. Yeah, yeah. And this, and this one, this was pretty good. It's all about the penguin. Um, I don't, and I, this is another one of those bat comics. I don't know if I guess it is in current continuity because uh, Montoya is the commissioner. And I haven't been reading the main Batman title for a while there. So I guess at some point the Penguin lost his uh You're not reading the Chip Zdarsky Batman run? No, I I said the previous one. I'm reading. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, At some point before Zdarsky, I guess the Penguin lost his foothold in Gotham and his crime boss status and was ran out of town. It's got to be a Tamaki series that. that Yeah, like Detective maybe or something. Yeah. Yeah maybe that um so this issue is just about him coming back into gotham and trying to um take back his empire well first get a crew together and take back his empire from a, a at least new to me guy who stole it from him a guy called umbrella man oh. <laughs> i loved his origin page yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he used to be one of his henchmen that just you know people liked him and nobody liked the penguin so he was, he was the to... guy that carried the umbrella for him yeah, he just he oh, like at a man. funeral or every time he walks out of a That's building awesome. in the rain, he had the umbrella over the penguin. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just about the penguin getting the crew together, and it's a good uh, uh, crime boss trying to rise again story. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't a. It, it was just a good story that way. I mean, it didn't really even matter if Batman. Batman makes a few appearances, but it really doesn't matter if Batman's even exist in this story. I loved how every time Batman appears, he's jumping down or like he's flying over with the bat wing and like what everybody sees is kind of Batman from below. So like the bat wing is flying over and you see the, all the red dots under it and mm-hmm. the silhouette of the vehicle. Like that, that just seemed like a really intimidating way to show Batman above everybody kind of patrolling. I thought that was a cool way that, to, to handle that. Yeah, yeah, and it's mirrored in uh, at one point toward the end. Batman and Penguin have a conversation, and I like the the mirroring of that visual because the Penguin's telling him how you know the the way things really work for guys like him and and the low level street level people, and how Batman's just kind of living in his tights fantasy world, thinking he's making a difference, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the the real game that's going on in town. Yeah, I. I I thought that his uh, assembling of the hench people was pretty good. Like uh, his yeah. friend Lily, who's just like a short kind of mushroom, mom, like yeah, like mushroom headed soccer mom, who happens to have the biggest manliest punching hands you've ever seen. Um, yeah, well, I, she, I really like that. Yeah, well, I thought that one panel. I thought she has some kind of superpowers, like she can make her embiggen her hands. Um, that's what I thought at first too. But if you go back to when he first meets her, she's hiding her hands the whole time at the diner. Oh, she is. Yeah. She's got them in her pockets. I think that, I think she's just kind of deformed and has these big old punching hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've seen her before in the bat comics or not. Yeah. I don't know. Can I tell you my problem with this issue? Yeah, yeah. yeah please. Where's the one bad day. This is like a pretty good day for penguin. It's kind of a bad day for Umbrella Man, but who gives a shit? It's not Umbrella Man one bad day. Yeah, this it kind of does read like the Penguin's one bad day already happened before this issue. And this Mm -hmm. is his coming back from this is post one bad day Penguin. Was the second one bad day issue pretty one bad day-esque or? 
yeah, I th- I think that you could fit that into okay. that box a lot better than you could fit this into that box. Okay. Yeah, the the Two Face one was kind of centered around Two Face uh, trying to kill his dad. Okay. Mm. It was a pretty bad day. Yeah, Sounds like a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the same creator, and I want to know your score, Roman. But did you guys read the Blue Wall? Nope. Yes. Forgot to grab it. I did. I gave it a number. Um, do you want the number? I gave it a seven. What was your number? I gave it a six, and my sound effect was "Come on." <laughs> yeah. It. Um. I, I don't want to say the. Uh, it. I think they did a good job of addressing some issues like racial profiling with police officers and stuff to people. I think they did it in a good way for people who maybe aren't familiar with that. I think if like you're in your like, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, just in case you didn't know, cops yeah. are basically racist. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that they kind of discuss it in this, I think for, if you're like a 12 to 16 year old that reads Batman comics and get this and reads it, you might, that might plant a seed that could possibly be positive. If it's not something you are, like, they just get into the explanation of, you know, kind of how a cop accidentally, like this lady who's our protagonist accidentally, doesn't shoot somebody that cops usually would and they celebrate her she for not patted shooting on the and, head for it and but it's just she was a coward and froze and couldn't shoot her gun but also mm-hmm. you're put you're in empathizing with this character and they're chasing after this. so you like you kind of see that she's you know you kind of are like oh you're gonna shoot this guy like I, I think it did a good job of putting the reader in the shoes of the person that does that to kind of convey the idea of what that is to the to people and I, I think that you know like i don't know what 12 to 16 year old is buying this dc comic because it's pretty dry <laughs> and not a ton of fun but i do think yeah if it got into getting into the hands of the right people it is a good pill to give people like the person i could see getting something out of it would be uh somebody who doesn't believe in all the things that 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 gcpd the blue the blue wall or whatever um addresses yeah like an adult who's like, no, cops don't do that. Yeah. You know, like co- cops are just straight up good guys. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It it just felt really heavy handed to me. And speaking of hands, they talk about her gloves and they don't color her with gloves. And then her sleeve lengths change all, all within like two panels. And it just felt like it, it just pissed me off to have such lazy editing editing like somebody should have caught that i was drunk in reading it and i caught it and like two mistakes on one page yeah yeah i and and you know what that fucking book is made for me it's like dry police procedural setting gotham yeah yes please and i read it and i'm like i don't know if i want to read the second issue yeah i don't know for sure if i will um roman what was your score for one bad day whack i give it an eight Okay, that's a pretty good score. Yeah, do you guys remember I, what your scores for the Two Face one was? Because I think we we didn't do a podcast that week or something. Or maybe I was. Uh, I think I gave that one a god a seven, maybe seven, even a six. seven and a half. Okay, not as good as this one then. No, I gave this one a seven and a half, and my sound effect was yeah, all right, yeah, all right. I love this mechanism, Django. Wow, you your know what effect, I think we should do? Your sound Sorry. effect wasn't. Wah, 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 wah. I think that you should really try. And I guess that there's some variability in it because like, mm, you know, could be ambiguous, but I would love if each number had a sound effect. And instead of doing numbers one week, you just did the sound effects. Just did sound effects. And we we were really working hard to actually equate a like memorize, you know, the 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 number with the sound. I would love to be able to be like, oh, like, this is definitely a mm. And an added bonus, plus like a year from now when Andrew tests us on random issues and yeah. one of those comes up, well, it'll be so funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. like uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's good for that. 
Um, what else do people have? I, I have one obviously big one I want to talk about, but I'm, what else, Django? What do you got? I've been throwing Man, a lot of spaghetti at the wall. One of my favorite things about this podcast is talking about comics with you guys, and I think yeah. I mostly read comics that you guys didn't read. Oh, um, in fact, I have one here that I know you didn't read that oh. got got a pretty good score from me. Oh, what was it? Nobody else reads this. Is it that Texas Blood? Because it's Dad. mindset. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're literally the only person that right, yeah. would get that book for. I it. know I'm the only person we get this yeah. book for. It's it's by Zach Kaplan with art by John Pearson. The idea is, and I, I think we probably talked about issue one, these guys in Silicon Valley accidentally discover a frequency that lets them control people's brains. And so they use that frequency to create an app that lets people... Um, free themselves from social media and from whether whatever vices they have and so like it's it's just kind of like uh corporate intrigue as people try to get that app from them and become partners and then them dealing with the ethics of having this thing that lets them control people's brains and the art is really interesting it's almost like uh what was what uh, who drew pearl you guys remember that? Gatos, um, Michael Gatos. Yeah, Michael Gatos. Like, uh, like three or four different styles of art within this book, and interesting paneling, and just just kind of fun ethical conundrums. And other than that, it's like totally real reality and kind of boring sort of real world problems that people are having. Like I like this girl and I don't know if she likes me and she has a husband, but I think she likes me, but I don't know if she likes me. <laughs> that um, sounds good to me. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's and, and like, I think I've, I, I've read at least the first issue of almost every Zach Kaplan book that's come out and I've always enjoyed his setups and I don't think I've ever made it past issue four. And this is, I think this is one of the better books coming out right now. Um, my sound effect is goddamn. Mm. And my so that's like uh, a nine, right? Eight point oh. Eight point oh which God for damn. this week, that's that's in the upper range. Wow. Wow. So yeah, not a lot for all of us to talk about since uh I'm literally the only person in the store who reads it. But uh I love hearing about our what listeners. You're I do bring them back. We probably have issues <laughs> one through four at this point. <laughs> yeah, and it's vault and somebody should read it. It's great. We're gonna be getting a paperback and it's gonna be something that Django will We'll order a lot of the paperback because while we don't get many of these issues, when there is a book that Django or Roman is like the only one reading and they love it, we stock the shit out of it. Yeah, I, I think I it'd be a, a good book club story. Yeah, I was I was excited last week. A guy came in, I can't remember who it is, but a new customer specifically asking for, and I think he might have subbed to it that Texas Blood. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So now there's four of us reading it. Jacob Condon and Sean Phillips. I wrote them a letter last issue. Nice. I, wrote... I was sitting at the sushi place. I wrote them six paragraphs and I got a response today. Nice. Yeah. It said, thanks, Django. Nice. <laughs> They're like into it. Yeah. They were, they were, they like want to be friends and stuff. <laughs> um, well, I did a pretty similar thing, Django. I wrote a pretty intoxicated email to somebody um, this Was it week me? from reading comics that I enjoyed so much. Um, and, uh, it was a basic inquiry about how to buy some art for an issue that came out this week. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Was it true cult? No, no it's, cult. it's, oh, was painfully, it snakes? It's painfully obvious. Oh, it's 10,000 black feathers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's some good art. 
Oh, motherfucker! It's not uh, crashing by uh, no Matthew Django. You're you're looking at your stack. It's not in your stack, but you know what it is. You know what it is, and it's astounding. We haven't talked about it yet. Uh, no. The I only get, comics that came out this to... week are comics that I read. <laughs> yeah, because I don't see <laughs> any other look comics. like anything to me. <laughs> well, you may have heard then through text interchanges or something that the final issue of Deadly Class came out this week. Oh, that's right. Issue 56 of Rick Remender, Wes Craig, and Lee Lou Ridge's comic series that started like right when I started working at the shop, maybe either just after, right before. I don't it know. It started right when you needed it to start. It did. Like many good things in our lives, um, it it found me at the right time. And then I grew with it uh, in the same way that like I was lucky enough to have gotten to read Harry Potter, like have that one first read it when I was nine and then have those books kind of just come out around the time that I was the age. Every time you age. Yeah, which was an amazing <laughs> experience, frankly. Yeah. Um, and this one did the exact same thing. Um, takes now place- you're 45. Yeah, now I'm the not as old as he is because it goes through a bunch. Of, it starts in the <laughs> '80s and it ends in 2023. Um, and you know, it would have been nice to have Colette here to talk about this because it's one of her favorite books as well. But yeah, this is probably the first time ever that I've been reading a comic series for you know 10 years and have read every issue and have it end. I can't think of a book that I've read that has that duration of publication that I kept up on every issue and loved every issue of yeah. um, the first image, like sorry, the first comic page I ever got was an issue from this was a you know page from issue three of this. And I was just like, I really would love to buy one of these pages to sort of book into this whole thing with. Um, but and he wrote back and said, $10,000. No, he wrote back and said, thanks, Jeff. Um, <laughs> No, I didn't get anything back. But all I also comic it, creators just have an autoresponder. <laughs> I sent it to like his like deviant art or something was the only place I could find him or something like you know like an artist account or something. Does Felix sell his stuff? No, it's Cadence. Um, okay. and it's not listed on there yet. I have been checking. Um, yeah, it, this book for the last eight or ten issues has been an entirely different book than the first like twenty issues of it were. Just totally different. Uh, it's become a super, super meta thing. Basically, the main characters kind of become Rick Remender, even though he kind of was him at the beginning with a different aspect of him. Um, and and we get this great kind of he's a writer and and uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it, actually, because um, I do know that there's some listeners to the podcast that are working their way through the series. So I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but all I'll say is there's an ending in 2023 and then it does a like a 10 or 12 page flashback that would be just sort of like anywhere between issues like two and five and it's like Mm -hmm. him with all of his original gang of friends many of whom most of whom die in the first like 20 or 30 issues of the series and it goes back to being exactly what this series was amazing for being at the beginning um and kind of very poignantly assesses why it is what it is um, from the vantage of what it was originally and kind of you make a connection between how it could become what it was starting from where it did. That's a lot of ambiguity, but um, yeah. Do you think that if you had been able to pardon the colloquialism, but chug this whole thing from the mm-hmm. beginning, like mm-hmm. day one, you start working at the shop and mm-hmm. you could read the whole thing. Do you think that you would have gotten the same thing out of these final issues that you did just now? Or do you think that because you were able to kind of grow with the series yeah. and here we are nine and a half or 10 or 18, 22 years later or whatever it is. Um, do you think question. that uh, 
it would have landed the same with you. I mean, probably not. But how much of life is finding things at the right time and place, right? You know, like Mm -hmm. Grant Morrison books, you know, I don't think I could be experiencing their work for the first time right now. And I would it would hit me the same way that it did when I did first encounter their art. And right. And, you know, that kind of made me who I am now. So, uh, you know, the, the art that we love makes us become who we are. Um, but, it, but it may have resonated with you just on a different frequency, right? Yeah, there's a lot of this book is about growing and aging and time and loss. Um, so I'm sure it would still be resonant because all of that stuff is is you know, like resonant personally for me, a lot of the stuff that happens early on. But, you know, when you're 22 and you're like, you've just started drinking alcohol for the first time, you know, like you're growing with these experiences of these people, right? Like I, I will, mm-hmm. I will, I'm very interested to talk to some of the people like Will Elmer and Nathan Butcher that are reading Deadly Class for the first time and kind of getting the opportunity to butt chug it, pardon the colloquialism, um, cloaca, 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 cloaca-ism. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, just uh, very, very proud of the the dudes that made this book. And I'm really grateful that it existed. And I love it. And so I gave it a 10. I gave the series a 10. It's one of my favorite things. I'm glad that there are four gorgeous hardcovers that exist. Um, and I'll have them all on my wall. And this will be a thing I'll be able to show my kids at some point. Um, it's it's Deadly Class is probably the most likely Rick Remender series for Django to finish. If it, that makes sense. Like, I love his first half dozen issues or first dozen issues and i usually drop off but i i've i didn't drop off of deadly class for lack of interest it was lack of time and this isn't a big spoiler but i do want to share it with you guys so i'm going to share a line of dialogue last like five last like five pages but the thing that i've kind of complained you know like or django when you like should i finish it like it's so kind of like um indulgent of uh like kind of being a sad sack and like Mm -hmm. kind of thinking you're unique for being a you know super emo or something which like you know frankly in our relationship i'm like i should probably try to be a little less like that because i think Django's not you know he just doesn't have a lot funny i think i think i i feel like i should be a little more like that so we can kind of relate so isn't isn't that isn't the best thing about triangles that it serves as a way to like for two people to interact and meet in the middle you know like we're all trying to become a little bit but anyway i want to butt chug some sadness i do you know i sometimes i've told people like sometimes it can be a little too like it just like god man um but there's this kind of like in this flashback sequence, it says, uh, you know, keeping the ugly reality in my mind means I'll do a better job enjoying today. Sure. Um, facing reality helps me be happier right now before the black clouds come. But more than anything, it reminds me to take the time and tell stuff I'd otherwise uh, tell you stuff I'd otherwise avoid stuff like I love you guys. And then they have they all stare at him and they all start laughing at him and make fun of him. But it kind of justifies the entire thing, which is this idea of like hyper focusing on the negative aspect of your shit does make the good stuff feel really good. And I think that this book is kind of was an experiment in Rick Remender doing that. And I liked it on the final hmm. kind of pages of that. It's like, he's so morose because like then when things are good, you or like when there is something good, it encourages him to be more grateful about it. You don't know the good days until you've experienced bad days, so to speak. So anyway, spoilers over. Man. Um, really, really liked it. And it feels like I can't think of a book that I've resonated and felt like more kind of personally Jeff than this. And not just because like I shit my pants in a comic shop while working there, like happens in this book or partly or, you know, taking too much Vegas acid in Vegas or like, you know, uh, any partly. Yeah. Or like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so maybe it is all of that stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> everyone should read Deadly Class. Okay, like I don't want. I, we're going pretty long. Yeah, we are. I think that's okay. Just pretend sure. that you're listening to last week's episode and this week's episode because we you were yeah. busy, not because we were busy. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the double decker. The double decker. We got a Dagwood sandwich of a podcast here. So mm-hmm. I've heard you kind of hedge your bets on that series and a couple of other series before because it's something that you super identify with and you super like what do you mean hedge my bets i'm i don't know that phrase well like like you you'll you'll say that you really like it but it might not be for the person you're you're telling them right and i don't know that the reasons that you just said that this is maybe not for everybody which is like sometimes he goes down a sad sack hole Mm -hmm. right i haven't finished it but I'm not sure that that's what I would get out of that part of the book. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I totally understand where you're coming from because even though Synecdoche, New York changed the trajectory of my life, I would never recommend that somebody sees it. Mm-hmm. I would like to talk to everybody I know about it, but I wouldn't say, oh, you got to see this movie. It's going to change your life. Right. Yeah. Because I think that. I think that with you and I engaging in comics in such a different way and in media in such a different way that the parts that you're identifying there might go in one eye and out the other for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I might be there just like, oh, yeah, he's a sad piece of shit. But look at this scene on Mm -hmm. the next page. And the art throughout the entire fucking thing is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but I think that we both have media in our lives that has affected us in important ways that we're hesitant to recommend to people. And I suspect that our hesitancies are ultimately unfounded for most people. I think that's unless that's we really, say the reason you should watch this movie is because right. it'll, you know. I think that's a good point. But I think it comes from this feeling that, like, in some regard, I think all people are kind of like a lock and art is like a key. And no mm-hmm. matter what type of art it is, and like a perfect match to get a door open or something is a almost an impossible thing to find. And yeah. so I feel like when I find something that feels like it is so deeply resonant and so kind of personally resonant, kind of like Synecdoche, New York with you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's scary seems, to put it on somebody else. It's, it's both scary to put it on someone else because it feels like no one else. It, it, it and But it also feels impossible. Like, I can't imagine anyone else has had the exact same life experiences that caused me to resonate with this. That said, there's probably all sorts of other life experiences that I haven't had that are open for deep resonance within this art that I haven't gotten this time, which is why I think well, great art you can revisit and you find new things in. But I mean, we don't know for sure that Nathan Butcher has never been chased by a Japanese woman with a sword. And right. so, like, instead of shitting his pants working at a comic store, he might resonate with the girl chasing him with a sword. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I or know. William That's Elmer went through that huge heroin addiction phase and, like, that yep. makes sense and it's there. Yep. Um, but, yes, I do. It's a good question and I do like it, you know. And I would be curious what people say. I think it's... It, it was a one of the very best. poorly phrased, phrased question. No, it was a thought exploration more than anything. And I love thought explorations. Like, Roman... Like the cloacal thought expression. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Roman, is there anything else on your list that you enjoyed? Did you see when uh, Barbara and Dick had sex this week? Did everyone see Barbara and Dick have sex this week? No one saw it, but we oh, all yeah. know when it happened. Yeah. We you all know. call it a yeah. Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Jeff, did you see the 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 bear god in Shirtless Bear Fighter? No, I'm not reading Shirtless Bear oh, Fighter. Because I haven't made it to Shirtless Bear. The fighter. bears get upset with me if I bring things home about bear fighting. Oh, but but it's 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 so much more than that. 
There's bear harmony. Explain that to them. There's bear bear many. Okay, I get that. Roman, did you read uh, True Cult? You didn't. Did you read Above Snakes? Oh, you I, did. I, I didn't. Yeah, read you guys really did. Like you True fucking Cult? love it? I, I did love True Cult. I mean, I don't like the art as much as the first issue, but you know, I still love the everything else. <laughs> the colors are better than the art, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the 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 wordiness of it is somehow charming. And the yeah, weird, like they're they're ma- they're taking weird experimental leaps in the pacing of a comic book i think mm-hmm. like when they when when he has to go through 665 iterations of his <laughs> life and it's just like the most boring four pages in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> and That's, sad and sad because in each one of them he's just like contemplating i think blowing his brains out well yeah but like one of them he's facing to the left instead of to the right <laughs> yeah yeah and then you know one there's a cat and... yeah so it's, it's I, very it's varying degrees of sadness between that and just the like relentless chattiness of the the girl that he hired <laughs> it's it's doing things in comics that you don't you don't want but it works pretty well yeah yeah it does i'd really like i still would really like to see see this as a movie if i and i don't know who would be right for it but if they had the right director yeah i'm I'm real curious to even like figure out who that director would be it's like if you could take quentin tarantino and guy ritchie and make them direct a movie together which is diametrically opposed i just mentioned that whole like dick and barbara having sex thing and like we kind of glossed over it and then i went back through nightwing and i was just rereading the whole scene and like i was like man this book is like the best fucking book coming out and then it fucking occurred to me once again that Django is not reading this book i black that information out all the Listen, time because it seems impossible to me. If Dick Grayson wasn't in it, I read it. Oh, <laughs> dude. dude, I just missed an issue, you guys, and my brain is exactly <laughs> broken enough that if I miss an issue, I have a really hard time dude, jumping back in. It, I'm, I'm the same way. But you're lucky it, I'm not subscribed and supposed to pay for it because I would have 15 issues stacked up that I didn't buy, and from that us. would just mean you'd resent us as the comic yeah, shop that you, and you'd resent me. No, because I wouldn't know. You'd just be buying them. Um, you don't look well, like the big spoiler on this page is that Bar- so Barbara and Dick are st- stuck out in this bunker because they have to be in hiding. So they make love. Stuck um, up in this bunker. And then like, I forget exactly the thing about it, but like some car pulls up in a taxi and it's like, hey, Nightwing. And Nightwing comes out and is like, what the? And who's driving the taxi? Rick Grayson. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. <laughs> Are they going to let Dan Didio write it? <laughs> I love it. And Dick and Barbara have sex in this issue. And I love their relationship so much. And we got eight pages of filling art. It was awesome. They were like, okay, uh, somebody I'd never heard of. Let me tell you. Okay. Um, Geraldo Borges. Actually, I think that person's been doing filling art in this okay. uh, when they've been like doing full issues. But like they did it in such a way they're like, all right, big, big thing, stuff happening. Bam. Okay. You guys need to get to a place and there's going to be an action sequence. It's a car chase. Bam. Eight pages of action, cars chase. All right. Bam. The car chase is over. Back to the regular artists and they've arrived at the place. It was just like, all right, cool. That's how you do it if you have nice. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I wish that there was more thought put into uh, yeah filling artists. Like you can do it strategically. Um, okay, so it's the best so book coming out. What's your score on it? Ten. True, true cult. I gave a words. Actually, I said nine point five slash ten, and uh, I'm gonna go nine point five because it's got filling art. 9.5? Sorry, Django. All I right. did interrupt. True cult. True cult. The true cult. I gave words. 
for my sound effect. And so you were pretty drunk at the score. point that you read this. Uh, no, I think I just woke up, but it's just a lot of words. Or, oh, that, that was, you said the word words in that. Words. There's just a I lot just of heard words. 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 What did you give it, Roman? Cole? Yeah. Um, I gave it an eight. Speaking of Tom Taylor. Nightwing, I gave it a nine. A nine. All right, DC's Django. War of the Undead Gods by Tom Taylor. All right, but Django, before we get there. Are you, are you reading that? There. No, okay. I'm not. I, only okay. because I haven't read issue two yet, and I'm going to. Uh, uh, yeah, that's Django. what I said with fucking Nightwing number 87. Well, but Django, Django, what if we sit down in a room together and you read the first two volumes of Nightwing and I'll read the first volume of that Texas blood? Because let's be realistic. You'll read everything twice as quick as I do. Uh, okay, but I'm going to skip the first volume because I think I read it. I think I got to start with volume two. Okay, you can read volume two and three, yeah. but but like I'll, we'll I'll, we'll trade it because we both know yeah. we both know we need to be reading these books one bottle of Ardbeg and three trade paperbacks i'm in okay all right cool hey so tell me about that deceased undead god festival this is the first time i've well this is the first time that you made me write down my scores and i had a split issue oh i think i've had split issues before a split issue. I, I would give the first half of this where we see um adam strange's adventure with the uh with with the anti-life virus and lobo just kind of being invulnerable to the anti-life virus which is fucking cool and that makes total cool. sense yeah right and and he's drawn he's drawn right and just like uh, roman mentioned earlier where uh, he shows up drinking in a bar he's he starts drinking in a bar in this he's got a martini with an umbrella in it um that which goes like three pages past the center of the book 8.0 the rest of it Ooh, six. Oh dear. Yeah. Why? What happened? It switches over to fucking Aries and Wonder Woman mm. and Green Arrow talking about how the magical bow that he's wielding is out of weight. And then the big cliffhanger is a picture of Erebos in a book. I don't know who the fuck Erebos is. And Roman, it says you? next galactic undead armada. Like it just takes a turn to stuff I don't give a shit about. Sounds like some other Greek god character. Yeah, that's that's worth a six to me. Some other Greek god character. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a Greek hero, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really, I thought the, the beginning of it was good, and I thought the, the back half, it probably just suffers from my own just general prejudice against Greek god stories in the DC universe. I'm with and, you. Like disinterest in, I don't, it's not even a disinterest in Wonder Woman. It's a disinterest in the extended Wonder Woman family. Like, I don't just hate her. I hate her whole family. <laughs> she's cool. And like, she punches a fist through Adam Strange in the beginning of this at an angle I've never seen somebody get punched in a comic before. Well, that's pretty good. That was awesome. But then when we're talking to, you know, her sister and her, her, other sister and her cousin or whatever right it's just not a not a part of the dc universe that i track really well so seven <sighs> seven on average all right uh and then really quickly one to ten uh black adam i just want the score one to ten i haven't seen it seven and a half six point oh for me i liked it man i like it i had i had the phrase come into my head that i was excited to share with you uh I, it was nap fuel for me <laughs> mm. um only the <sighs> giant set piece like two, like the thirds two the... hour action scene <laughs> it was so long that like when i woke up from the end of that i was like holy shit 
I think there's only like 40 minutes of this movie left. Like that was the first action <laughs> set piece and it was most of the movie. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of action. It was a lot of the same conversation over and over, but like halfway through the movie, I thought, did Pierce Brosnan film all of his scenes in an afternoon? Cause then they dude. just put the helmet on some dude, but then they pulled that out and he had a bigger role. And then I thought, oh, this is stupid. And then they changed like that paradigm shifted and it was cooler than I expected. And uh, I'm glad like, to hear that you dug it. There was a twist near the end and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. There was there was enough to keep me going. I liked it a lot more than most of the Snyder stuff. Like it was Snyder light in the very it, best it was, way where it they, they like, yeah. Based slow on action sequence, slow action sequence, slow action sequence. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna let you off the hook and do a real movie now. Yeah, like and and Snyder doesn't know when to stop the slow mo, and this one felt like it did. There was a, a one shot where we saw in a silhouette Black Adam with his widow's peak. I know, I saw that, and it like, reminded what the fuck, me. Where did it go after that? And it reminded me hard of like why don't we have that i really want that he looks really good with that he looks he so that. cool yeah it's because the rock didn't want black paint on his head yeah, well, he doesn't have hair yeah um i i thought it was pretty good like i am not gonna go see it again but i think i think it's a very solid action movie yeah also they that... mentioned the fast and furious in it yep which what the fuck yeah that's is true. it a that's different weird. fast and furious who the fuck is playing the rocks character like, do they have Hobbs and Shaw? Wait, 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 wait. Do, do, they it... do they reference the Fast and Furious in that, or was that in the Shazam commercial? Now I don't know, but the Shazam commercial is in the same world. It is as it is. the but Black that, Adam. That's movie. the Shazam commercial that they say that in. Not to split hairs, because Shazam and Black Adam, same family. That's fair. That's um, fair. Yeah, also, we I... carry the Batman poster that the kid has up in his room. So come deck your the... room out like that kid. Actually, the most that I enjoyed that movie was identifying the artist by the posters <laughs> hanging in his wall. I was like, all right, cool. That's from the Bendis is coming ad. Jim okay, Lee cool. And like, Bendis is coming. Yeah, yeah. that's Ivan Reese. Yeah. Um, yeah, I um I think that it I think that if I was like 12, I would have really, really liked that. And I don't mean it as a slight. Like I think that it like yeah. had a hard time figuring out if it was trying to appeal to little kids, which is totally fine, or adults. Mm -hmm. Um, it's crazy how much of like Marvel's character origins stole from those DC character origins. But now that these DC and then one coming out later, it feels like every, every time I just kept being like, well, there there's the ripoff of that character. Like people are going to be like, oh, that's a ripoff of this Marvel character or this. Marvel. You're just like, oh, my yeah. God, like you guys, <laughs> your character selection was terrible. Your casting was not good, except for The Rock. The acting was not very good. I mean, I'm shitting Dude, on it now, but I, I the the I, thing I, that I, jumped I, to my mind was oh, sorry, go ahead, Rome. Oh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious what what characters you mean? Because in this particular movie, they're all golden age characters that existed before Marvel's characters. Th yeah, yeah, that's but my not point. in the fucking cinematic universe. The Marvel movies, beat them to oh, the oh, yeah, popular culture. Yeah, yeah. So like, popular culture will just think oh. it's the opposite. But all of these yeah. are like characters that were the basis for the Marvel characters. Dr. Fate, I think you mean Dr. Strange. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, now we have yeah. to watch DC's Dr. Strange. It's like, no, Dr. Fate <laughs> is old and legit, but they're just cast a not very good actor for it. He looked okay. His Man, the, the, the reviews I've I've seen like on Letterboxd, everybody's raving about Pierce Brosnan. They're like, he's the best part of the movie. Yeah, he was great. Like, I don't, 
I don't know. Like, how how, how was? I mean, what would you guys think of the JSA? Because that's the part I'm most excited about. Who gives a fuck about the JSA? No, nobody cares about the JSA. It's not the JSA, though. I mean, it's like it's like horrible Zack Snyder versions of the JSA. So it's like Whirlwind, Doctor Fate, Hawkman, and Blue Adam Smasher. Yeah, like, and it's like this exact same boring costume as Deadpool except for like blue and they do his eyes and the face the exact same way. So you're like, oh, it's and half the blue. name of the title character of the movie. Come on, you fucking dipshits. Yeah. And he's the nephew of the original Adam Smasher. And I was super confused. I was like, are they getting him confused with Adam? It does. It didn't Adam feel was the like nephew the Justice of the Society. Adam. It didn't yeah. feel like the Justice Society. Oh. It, it felt like no, it, it felt like we don't like want to use Hawkman the word Justice League. Yeah, it was it, yeah. it 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 did. There was no sense of like team unity to me. It was oh. um, it was a weird week to choose a um, Kanye West song for a central action scene, too. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's been a weird year for Kanye. Weird couple of yeah. years, really. That guy. How could DC have known? Yeah. How could they have possibly known? Yeah. It, uh, the, is, the it, thing... is it every year a weird year for Kanye? Yeah, exactly. Ever yeah, since this point. You know, yeah. But the thing that stood out to me was like somebody at the DC movie offices is really scared of devils because the DC characters other than Batman keep having to fight demons and like poorly discussed, poorly built demon. Like like, you guys are DC. You have one of the two best rogues galleries in all of, you know, fiction. Arguably two of the best three rogues galleries. Do a character that anyone would know and they don't. Um, yeah, and the art, the special effects for it are shitty. The character design for it are shitty. It's, it's, it, on my mind, I was just thinking that, okay, clearly somebody relatively high up in the chain of command, the power of shit at Warner Brothers needs to be fired. Like someone high up that is allowing the decisions to get made that they're being made. Like all of these DC movies, like we need someone that gives a shit or has any idea of what they're doing because mm-hmm. they're just like, like this movie was fine and I don't mean to be super <clears throat> negative or like shit on it, but like, it, it's just like, dude, it, to me is such a missed opportunity. Like they take the budget of one of those movies and hire Kevin Feige. Yeah. yeah like just would, steal yeah. him from Marvel. Like yeah. you don't have to apologize. Just give him the budget of one movie. Jack Kirby went from Marvel. Take to him DC. away forever. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. never mind. Don't do that. Yeah. Find but, somebody better than Kevin Feige. And but give like, them it's just 18 million fucking dollars. It's just crazy to me that like Shazam 2 is coming out after Shazam 1 and this black Adam. I didn't even know Shazam, that it was in fucking production and there was a Shazam trailer for it. One is fine, but like it's so not the things. It just seems so out of touch to me. It's just like you you want to build a cinematic universe and this is what you're doing. Like you're not doing anything to get people excited. You're being like, okay, I guess a Shazam too. Okay, cool. And you know what's, Let's you know, that. what's great. Every time DC does it, something not in a cinematic universe, right? Like they do Batman and it's separate and it's good. Yeah. yeah and, and they do the know. Joker and it's separate and it's good. Yeah. And the, and the suicide recent suicide squad was good and they kind of try to piggyback on that one, but, but anyway, that could stand alone. Yeah, it could. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, I enjoyed black Adam. I did it didn't not. change my life. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first Shazam movie. It was, yeah, yeah I thought that was fine. I, it, I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, so I'm looking forward to the second one. Yeah. Well, you're going to love black Adam. <laughs> I well, I don't you. know about that, but <laughs> I thought about leaving it. Um, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, wow. I did. 
Yeah. Oh man, I liked um, it a lot more than that. I also yeah. went in with uh, pretty low expectations. I did too, but I was just like, and I was like, just I mostly just wanted an excuse to go to the movie theater, and and I I, I just had to see it because all the trailers and everything. But um, yeah, I I was I was like, but also like I was alone. I didn't have it. If I was with anybody, I would have enjoyed. I mean, I would have been fine to not leave. But when you're alone, and you're in a movie. You're just like, I could just go. Like I could be home. I could just go right now. Know, like this, <laughs> this movie doesn't have more control over me than I think it does. But, um, but I had to stay for the after credit scene, so that's why I stayed. Oh yeah, that one super and this, worth it, bro. Yeah, it was. Um, and that brings us to the end of our podcast. But Roman, is there anything else you want to say to the people? Because you've been suspiciously quiet over there. This isn't one of those flashlight situations, is it? Let me turn say it something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, say something. <laughs> wait, wait. Let me turn turn my video back on. Um, <laughs> uh harley quinn animated series legion of bats number one great oh was it that's good to hear it was you know i love this i love the animated show and i love these animated show like between season series they do i think it's very clever yeah we have a number of those kickback this week that i was kind of surprised about oh my gosh i know i know well maybe maybe they haven't seen uh whatever number the latest season is that just ended yeah so they're afraid to read the comic because yeah you had gotta you gotta watch the show to read these comics (laughs) 10.0 10.0 you said? Oh, uh, what did I give it? Uh, I gave it a nine. Nice. Did you read Public Domain? Is that the last yeah, issue? I did, it's, and it's not. It's not the last okay. issue. Okay, it's a lot of talking and a lot of humans doing human things. And the note that I wrote was harrowing. Harrow. Harrowing. Wow. Harrowing. That's, not a, it, that's, like, that's not a sound effect. Nope, but it's the word that came to mind when I finished that book. Oh, okay. It was I, I liked it. Wait, are we still doing the podcast or did we sign off already? No, we haven't yet. I just I keep flipping through Deadly Class. There's one page specifically I'd really like. Can I see it? Yeah. It's gonna it's, make good radio. It's just that it would really bookend the one I have really, really well. And it's the one where he says that line I said oh, about nice. but it's also the one that I have is him talking to this specific friend who dies pretty early in the series. So the fact that it's him talking and having a vulnerable moment again at the end of the series, I would love to yeah. have up there we'll see we'll see we'll see old west craig Django, you got a great page this week but you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to oh the shadow number 18 by kyle baker yeah featuring twitchkovitz Divici. the man who inspired my haircut and also the avenger looking his most like robert mitchum and two panels that are supposed to be switched and a, a a word balloon stick that's going in the wrong place so he whited it out and put it in a new place yeah i got that no big deal i'm glad that you got it and are loving it it's a it's a nice piece yeah um i should probably diversify someday (laughs) you have a lot of shadow pieces right i have four pieces of original comic book art one is jeff lemire that uh, you orchestrated and then three are the shadow by (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've only got two and one's west craig and one's chris burnham so i guess that's pretty diversified that's that's good stuff but i'm looking for a second west craig am i a west craig guy I think you are. Dang, I think you're right. You get you get two more and we'll have the same ratio, bud. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, listen, everybody who's made it this far. Uh, so, Will Elmer, please continue emailing us. Jeff <laughs> at thecomicsplace.com. We need you. Um, you know, keep listening. Tell your friends to listen. Get on Reddit and tell them what your favorite podcast. Well, no, tell them about this podcast. Please do. A better way to we say could it. use the support. Django is like on the verge of bailing on this whole thing if we don't get more listeners. So you guys need to. I look at our goddamn stats every day, people. He does. And he feels bad about it every day. So bad that he won't even tell me about it. 
Um, so there's that. Um, it doesn't sound like anything to me. That's one of our favorite bits that we do back and forth. Maybe it doesn't make a ton of sense to you guys. It just sounds like words to you guys. Thank doesn't you so much for like listening to me. Jeff at the comics place for those emails. Roman, it's good to have seen you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a cougar's age. Yeah, it's oh. been it's been months. It has. I appreciate your Black Adam hoodie that you're wearing right now. And I know this is not a visual medium, but you, you look a lot like The Rock. You do. Right now. Thanks, you jabroni. Oh, oh, you sound like The Rock, too. He calls everybody a jabroni. And on that note, we'll we'll see you all next week. You have a great night. And as always, keep watching the stars. I'm Jeff. I'm Roman. I'm Django. And I I was wondering. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)